Thank you, Lord. Now just turn to somebody around there in your house with you. Tell them, you know, God is a good God. He's not a bad God. He is a good God. Amen. If you're in the parking lot, give me a honk. Praise God, man. I love to hear a honk. Let them know that, that I, I'm, somebody's out there. Amen. I know all of y'all are out there watching the broadcast. You know, some of you are kicked up in your easy chair right now. Just got through with supper. You're just sitting there enjoying it. And praise God for that. And so, uh, you know, send us a text. Send us a, 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 a whatever you call it on YouTube. A comment on YouTube. Let us know you're out there. You know, I, I tell you, the, the church, it's, I'm getting tired of preaching to an empty church that I don't see anybody in the seats here. But I know it, just, it really helps to know that y'all are out there and know y'all are still listening. You know, it's a blessing. God bless you. Thank you for it. You know, y'all are amazing people. You've sent us so many notes. You've sent us so many things that uh, keep us encouraged. And, and, you know, it's times like these that we all have to pull together. But I can't wait to the day that we can get back in here and fill up this church and I can see your faces and shake your hands and, and, and get to see your smiling faces and, and, and just to be able to just, you know, be in, with each other. And I know that you, a lot of y'all feel the same way. Some of you, you know, I pray, I'm praying for you that you're not just, you know, the couch potato revival hasn't hit your house. And you're like, this is the greatest thing ever. I'm never going to go to church again. I'm just going to sit here and watch, watch the live feed. Well, we're going to pray for you. You know, I mean, I know you're comforted, but we're going to pray for you that you'll come back to fellowship. But anyway, uh, you know, this is an exciting week. Sunday's going to be our, our Easter service, our resurrection service. I, I, I have a great expectancy in my heart that God is going to do something. I, I just know it. I, I, love, I love Easter. I love the, the you know, it's our, it's our high holiday. Christmas, you know, praise God, it's a great time to be with family, great time. But on Easter, to come and celebrate the resurrection of our, our Lord and Savior, uh, what all Christianity is about. To be able to stand and to take communion together and to worship him, it just, man, I'll tell you what, it means the, 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 just everything to me. I want to encourage you, I'm going to, I want to share a little tonight, but I just want to encourage you this week to, you know, prepare your heart. Now, like I've told you before that uh, we're going to take communion together. And so if you're going to be at home, you need to prepare, you need to get you, uh, your, your bread and your juice prepared and ready. Uh, if you're going to be coming to the parking lot, y'all be praying because our cups hadn't come in yet. We got to be, we got to get those cups in. But no matter what, we're going to have communion here for you, one way or another. And uh, I, you know, I, I just uh, hadn't quite got it all figured out yet. But it's going to be good. God's going to bless you. He's going to move in your life. I, I just believe it's going to be the greatest communion you've ever taken. So praise God for that. But you know, why you're at home and you've got this time instead of just you know vegging out on. On television, Lord, don't watch the news. I mean, you know, if you watch the news, it just means you got to pray twice as long to try to get your faith back. But, uh, you know, now's the time maybe to go watch The Passion of Christ or some of the, the, the resurrection movies and, and go over it with your family and sit there and talk about it. You know, be going over the plan. This, the plan this week was Luke 19, talking about Palm Sunday and Jesus going into Jerusalem. And so, you know, sit down and go over it and explain it all to your family. You've got to be the evangelist and the pastors in your houses. You've got to be the ones that, that teach your children and got to be the ones that teach your neighbors and encourage people. And, uh, you know, I know you're trained well. 
I know you can do it, and I know God's going to be blessing you through this time. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people, and uh, you know, I'm always asking them, how's it going? How are you doing? You know, they're in the house and having church, and, and everyone has, has, has told me that it's been a great time with their families. And so, my, you know, I said at the beginning of this, we were just going to start 100 new churches out of all of this. And so I'm just believing that you right there in your home are starting a church. It's going to grow and God's going to do something with it because um, these days will come to pass. We will have time to be back here in church all together. And th- these days will come to pass. Uh, Everybody has encouraged me so much. I don't think we'll ever quit doing a live feed. But uh, man, God's doing amazing things. And so just be blessed. Be a time of blessing in your home, a time of prayer in your home, a time of reading the word in your home, and then just preparing your heart for this Sunday. So I want to I kick off on some of the message that I preached on Sunday, I'm talking about Palm Sunday this week. You know, this week we are, uh, you know, if you, it's kind of hard to put everything exactly in its, its timepiece, but, you know, Sunday was Palm Sunday where Jesus came into Jerusalem and came riding in on on the donkey and, and went into the temple. And then, you know, we're going down to these days that he teaches his disciples these last few days until Good Friday comes up where Jesus is going to the cross for all of us. And then bringing back on Sunday, we're going to have Resurrection Sunday. And so I want to go over a few of these things. I want to look again at, at, this, at what Jesus did when he went into the temple. And so get your Bibles out. And go to Matthew chapter 21, verse 12. Now, this is, a, this is Matthew's um, gospel of what he's saying and, and what he put down here for us of what Jesus did. You know, ever Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all have a story of going in, Jesus going to the temple. And each one has a little bit different point. And so I want to look at all of them tonight and show you something. So I'm going to start reading verse 12. It says, then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. And when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, The children crying out in the temple, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant and said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, have you ever read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants? You have perfected praise. And then he left them and he went out to the city of Bethany and he lodged there. You know, in in Matthew's gospel, he brings out the point to where he's saying Jesus goes in and he, you know, cleanses the temple. He gets rid of all the money changers, people that were just coming to make profit off of the others that were coming to church because they had to buy turtle doves for their sins. They had to buy salt. They had to buy different things. And so these guys had set up tables to, 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 to sell it. Well, of course, it was at a higher rate. And anyway, it's all in the temple. Jesus doesn't like it. He runs it all out. He cleanses the temple. And then the sick come in. Now, listen to me. My prayer is is that God is going to do something in this day and time, that the temple of God, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ on the face of the earth is going to be cleansed by the power of his spirit, and that then those that are sick, physically, spiritually sick, 
can come into the, to the, to the temple, come into the church, and come in and get touched and get saved and get healed. Amen? Hey, come on, give me a honk. All right. Make sure y'all didn't go to sleep out there. Okay, so now let's go look at a different scripture. Luke 19, 41. It says, now as he drew near, they saw the city and he wept over it, saying, if you had known even, even you, especially in this day, the things that are make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come when you and the armies will be built an embankment around you, surround you, close you in on every side and level you and your children within you in the ground. And they will leave you and not a stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. Now here, Luke records when Jesus is going into the temple, before he gets into the temple, he weeps over Jerusalem. He sees the state that Jerusalem is in, his beloved city, the city of David. He sees the, the attitude of the people. He sees what's going on. And Jesus begins to weep over it. And he prophesies. He prophesies its destruction all because the people did not know the time of his visitation. Now listen to me. In this day, in this time of everything going around, we do not want to get into fear. We do not want to miss the visitation of the Lord in our lives. We don't want to get so concerned, so caught up with everything going on that we miss Jesus in the midst of us. Amen? There you go. You see, all of Jerusalem, you got to understand this, the king of glory was coming in. He was going into the temple. He was going to be right there in the temple. Yet there was Pharisees that were indignant about Jesus. They were mad at him. There were money changers that were mad at Jesus. There was anger. They didn't like Jesus and what he was doing. They were missing the time of his visitation. How terrible it would be to go and to live in a time when Jesus is moving greatly and we miss it. So listen to me, church. I'm telling you, you need to arrest your faith this week. You need, to, you need to get your faith going, and in this time, you can listen to the news, and it's going to cause doubt and unbelief. It's going to cause you to just be depressed and discouraged. But if you listen to the Word of God, and you listen and keep your heart pounding for Jesus, then you are not going to miss the time of His visitation. Because listen to me, people are hurting right now. People are crying out to God. People are looking for God. We've got so many hits on the website. We've got so many hits going on and views of the program because people are right now asking the question, God, what's going on? What's happening? People are, are in fear. But listen to me. It's a great time of the visitation of the Lord. So you need to just start really looking at digging down deep and be like, like Luke was recording there. Don't miss the visitation of the Lord in your life. Now, uh, let's go to John's gospel. John's gospel, John chapter 2, John chapter 2, verse 13, John 2, 13. It says, now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and money, the money changers doing business. And when he made a whip of cords, and he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen, and poured out the, the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold us, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, a zeal for your house has eaten me up. Now, I love this, what John records, because I like to visualize things. And I just kind of see Jesus going in and he's, you know, I don't know where he got the, the cords. I don't know where he got the rope or the leather or whatever he had. But he's got it, and, it, and he, had to, 
You know, it says that he made a whip. So he, I, I just get this visualization. Maybe I'm wrong. We get to heaven. You can tell me I'm, I, I'm, I missed it when we watched the DVD on it. But I see him just like squatting down and he starts braiding this rope together. And everybody's thinking, what is he doing? What is he doing over here? And the next thing you know, man, he's got that thing out. He's chasing everybody out of the temple. Everybody's running for it. They don't know what's going on. And I just think that's cool because Jesus took time to prepare his weapon for war. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you been preparing a time for your weapon of war? The greatest weapon you've got is prayer. The greatest weapon you've got is a relationship with your heavenly father and prayer. And so, you know, maybe it's time for us to start really getting our prayers down. Not just now lay me down to sleep prayer, but I mean praying from your heart to your heavenly father. This is the week to get in, in Thanksgiving, this is the week to get into to worship and prayer and thanksgiving of what is going on in your life, pouring your heart out to your Father. When you're doing that, you're like Jesus, making that whip of cord because you're going to drive out everything in your life that's not godly, okay? Now, it says, for the zeal for your house has eaten me up, is what the, the, the scripture that uh, the disciples uh, said that was taking place. Let me ask you something. Is your zeal eating you up? See, I pray that, that when this is over and we come back, the church will never be the same. I'm praying that you are so having the Spirit of God minister to you in your homes, that you are so growing in the Spirit and growing in the things of God. When we come back as a church, we're never going to be the same again. We're going to be a church that does more outreach than we've ever done before. We're going to be a church that reaches out to people and, and lays hands on people and sees miracles. We're going to become a radical, radical, radical church. Now, some people say we are radical, but I'm telling you what, I believe we can get more radical. I believe we can be a church that rocks and changes this whole world, changes all of South Texas because the zeal of the Lord begins to eat us up. We can't stand to be around somebody that's not saved. We've got to witness to them. We've got to preach all the time. We've got to tell people the good news because we're so on fire because of what Jesus has done for us. Now, that takes us to the last one, Mark's gospel. Mark chapter 11, verse 12, same story, same thing going on, just Mark recording what he saw. Now, Mark's gospel takes a little bit of a different turn because Mark's gospel really gets focused on the cursing of the fig tree. So Jesus is going to the temple the first day, and he sees a fig tree. And if you read through it, and, and I don't want to read through it right now because i got to get on down here. I'm, I'm running out of time. He looks over there, and he sees that it has leaves on it, but when he goes over to it, it doesn't have any fruit. Now, it wasn't the season for figs, but the fig trees in that area produced leaves when they had fruit. So the tree should have had fruit because it had leaves. So Jesus goes up to it, sees no fruit, and he curses it, and they hear him. I imagine they thought, well, Man, now Jesus is over there talking to fig trees, you know? I mean, he's, he's, he's kind of spacing out here. So he goes then, and they go on to the temple, and then all the things that we've read in, 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 in Matthew, Luke, and John take place. And then they're coming back, and the next morning they're headed back into the, the temple again, and they go by the fig tree, and the fig tree's dried up from its roots. And Peter says to him, I'm going to read it. I'm in Mark eleven twenty 20 now. 
He says, now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from its roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed, it's withered away. And so Jesus answered, and he said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whatever you say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he'll have whatever he says. So Jesus uses this as a teaching moment. The fig tree is withered up overnight. It's dead. So he says to his disciples, all you got to do is have faith in God. Just have faith in God. Whatever you say into this mountain, be that removed and cast in the sea. Yeah, it'll happen. It'll be done. But you got to have faith in God. And folks, listen to me right now. We need faith in God. We don't need faith in man. We don't need faith in governments. We don't need faith in, you know, I mean, I'm not saying don't have faith in your government, but I'm saying that's not where your whole focus needs to be. Your focus needs to be, do you have faith in God? Do you have faith in God that the God that's delivered you time and time again, listen to me, come on, give me a honk if you're listening. The God who's delivered you time and time again, you're telling me he can't deliver you this time? You're telling me that the the coronavirus, that the economy is too great, that God can't deliver you this time? Wait a minute. I've heard all y'all's testimonies, how God delivered you from drugs, how God delivered you from alcohol, how God put your marriages back together, how God restored you, how God blessed you, how God gave you a good job, how God did. Oh, what? Is he off the miracle business now? Come on, church. Listen to me. Have faith in God. If God delivered you in the past, he'll deliver you today. And if he'll deliver you today, he'll deliver you tomorrow. God has not fallen off the throne. Hear me now. God has not fallen off the throne. This, this, all this that's going on in the world right now, it's not too big for your God. But it's time to have faith in God and to say something out of your mouth. He, Jesus said, say to the mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. Jesus said to the fig tree, you're cursed. Don't ever produce anything ever again. Listen to me. What are you saying out of your mouth? What are you saying out of your mouth? Right now, get your confession going the right direction. Get your faith in God and just begin to speak out of your mouth and say, God's going to get us out of this mess. God's going to take care of this situation. God delivered me before. God's going to get me out of here again. God, man, folks, listen to me. Come on. All of y'all were headed straight to hell, and then God reached out and rescued you. You got saved. You don't think God can save you now? Come on. Listen to me. Come on. Give me a honk. I love it. See, I heard one little honk. It was like one little person gave me a little honk, like a beep, you know, and then they got scared. I mean, and then then I had to get that, and then everybody honked. So you that did the little honk, God bless you. You started it. You tried. You were working at it. But I want to tell you something. Man, now's the day to be honking for Jesus. I'm telling you, now's the day to get your mouth going, to get your confession going, to get out there and get to speaking and praising God and declaring and saying, man, I don't care. I'm going to honk my horn for Jesus. I'm going to love Jesus. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to worship him. I have my faith in God. God's going to deliver me. He's delivered me before. He's going to deliver me through this. Man, I'm telling you, I have been in too many troubles. My family has been in too many times. We've been at that deal and said, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? And then God delivered us to stop now and say, Al, I don't know. It looks like it's going to be harder. No, 
No. The last time that in 1985, when I lost the ranch and everything, we went broke and we lost everything. I, oh, what happened? Oh, I got saved and became one of the wealthiest men on the face of the earth because God filled my heart. Woo! Come on, I'm telling you, man, I'm going up. I'm not going down. Now, here's where, here's where I'm going to finish. Here's where I'm going to finish. Okay. So all these things took place. Jesus is trying to get them going. He's trying now to tell them, said, look, have faith in God. Whatever you say, speak into the mountain, be removed. And then he tells them, he said, look, but you got to remember something. He said, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. So Jesus put it back on them and said, look, there's kind of like a condition to this. The condition is you need to cleanse your own temple. That's what Jesus did. He went into the temple and he got rid of all the money changers. He got rid of all the, 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 the religious garbage, all the stuff that was going on. And he cleansed the temple and then people got healed. Well, he's saying right here, get your own heart right. Get your own heart right. And then let me walk into your temple. Let me come into your temple and let me walk in there so that I can do all the healing and everything that needs to be done. You see, folks, we're going to Friday, Good Friday, where Jesus has given his life for us. His blood being poured out for each and every one of us on the cross. That's what Good Friday is all about. The Sunday's the resurrection. That's the, 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 that, that Jesus is risen from the grave. But Friday is going to the cross. So between now and Friday, we really need to do some, clean, some cleansing of our temples. We need to do some examining in our hearts and saying, listen, are we, is there anybody out there that we really hadn't forgiven? Is there anything out there that would keep me and not in the right relationship with my heavenly father? Get it out of there so that everything then that I speak to is going to be moved. Amen? So Psalms 24.3, Psalms 24.3, it says, who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. I started laughing when I read this because I said, clean hands, man. Everybody in America ought to have clean hands right now. I mean, bless God. I mean, we were using so much hand sanitizer to ooze and out of us. I'm just praying that there's not going to find some like, you know, like you put too much hand sanitizer on that it's absorbed into your skin and then, you know, it's caused some other issue. But bless God, we ought to all have clean hands. But it says we got to have a pure heart. Well, there's not enough, there's not enough Purell to, to, to cleanse your heart. You can drink it, you can rub it on, you can sue it on, but the heart cleansing has to come from your own life, from repentance, saying, Lord, I'm not, I'm not what I should be. I am not the man or woman that I should be. I believe that, Jesus, there's more that you can do in my heart. I want to move some furniture. I want to get some stuff out of the way. I want to do some cleaning over here. I want, to, I want you to come in by the power of your spirit and begin to show me some of the things in my life that I need to correct, some of the people I need to forgive, some of the things that need to take place in my life. Maybe I'm just, you know, I, I'm just not in the right place. That's what you need to be doing between now and Friday, okay? And then we're going to have glory resurrection time on Sunday. It goes on and it says... Uh, who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lift up his soul to an idol nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Now, I don't, I'm telling you folks, blessings from God? 
You know, blessings from God? Come on, we can all use that right now. So, this is what you've got to clean with. Right now, you know, everybody's hand sanitizing their hands with, you know, Purell or some kind of, some kind of hand sanitizer, right? Okay, but the, what you've got to have is the blood of Jesus. Nothing can cleanse and purify your heart but the blood of Jesus. Now, praise God, it's available for you. It's just like this. The blood of Jesus can be applied just like this. You just got to put it on and you got to rub it around. But you got to do it by the Spirit. Listen to me, you got to do it by the Spirit. Now, how do you do that? Well, let's look at a couple of scriptures and then I'm through. Hebrews 9.14. It says, how much more shall the blood of Jesus, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Now, listen, this is it. Jesus, it says right here, through the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience. Jesus is the one that does the cleansing. Listen to me, you can't do it. You're the one that does the repenting. Lord, I'm sorry I'm being like this. Lord, I'm sorry this has happened. I ask you to cleanse me. Then he does the cleansing. See, he does it by the spirit. I put that on my hands and I rub it around physically, but he does it spiritually, but he's the one that does the cleansing. You can't do the cleansing. Listen to me. You can't say, okay, well, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be good from now on. No, 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 no. You're, you're doing it by works. You've got to do it by the spirit. And the only way to do it by the spirit is you do your part, repentance. You repent. You be grieved in your heart that you are like you are. Say, God, forgive me. I'm sorry. I repent. Then he, by the spirit comes in there with his blood, and he does the cleansing. Let me give you another one, Ephesians 1, 7. In him we have redemption through his blood. Redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. It's by God's grace that he comes in here and does this cleansing. It's by God's grace that you have been redeemed. And it's because of the blood and what Jesus does for us or did for us on the cross, that his blood then can comes in and cleanse your conscience, cleanse you of all your sins. You know, I've heard people say to me before, well, I know God forgives me, but I just can't forgive myself. Well, listen to me. You need to get off your high horse and quit thinking you're better than God, because if God can forgive you, then I think you should forgive you. Hear what I'm saying? You're just, you're just in pride. You're just in pride saying, well, you know, I just don't know if I can forgive myself. Well, then who are you? If God can forgive you, then I think you can forgive you. And so you need to repent and ask his blood to cleanse you and ask him to cleanse your, your conscience and cleanse your soul. And as he does it, man, I'm telling you what, then the resurrection power can begin to work in your life. Last scripture. Last scripture. Hebrews 10, 19. Hebrews 10, 19. It says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart of full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he 
who promised is faithful. Listen to me. Man, we're supposed to go into the throne room of God with boldness. We're supposed to go in with the boldness because the blood of Jesus is over our life. And I want to tell you something. The blood of Jesus is powerful. The blood of Jesus speaks great things in heaven as it does on this earth. But we walk boldly into the throne and we walk boldly into it, not because of who we are, but because of who the blood is, because who Jesus is. Whoo, come on. And let me tell you something. He that promised there was a way in is faithful. He doesn't quit. Jesus hasn't changed his mind. Jesus is ever living to make intercession for you. Jesus has not said, well, I guess this isn't going to work. We got to have a new plan. No, no, no. It's all laid out. It's all there for you. But it's up to us to apply the blood, just like you apply the hand sanitizer to your heart by the spirit and see God move and do great things. So listen to me, church. I want to pray for you. All of y'all that are out there listening, I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray that God, I'm just going to pray. You just, get, you just get hold of it right now. Just Man, just wherever you are, just get hold of this prayer. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I pray what, what Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened and that we would know the hope of the calling Lord. That, Lord, all the things that are going on in the world right now, all the distractions, all the everything that's taking place, Lord, that it would be removed. It would seem as nothing but a small, tiny spot on the wall that we could see the big picture, Jesus, what you did for us on the cross. That, Jesus, you gave your life for us. You poured your blood out for us. You made a way that we could come boldly into the throne room of grace. You made a way that we could go right up and call God Almighty our Heavenly Father. So right now, Lord, I thank you. The obstacles that have been in people's way, the unforgiveness that has been in their hearts, those out there, Lord, that have never been able to forgive themselves, that, Lord, right now at this moment, at this message, that by the Spirit of God, you would touch them and they would see it. They would turn it loose. They would repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me for not forgiving myself. And let the cleansing blood of Jesus come over their life and set them free. Let them find a new place in, the, in their walk with you this, this evening, Lord. A new place in their walk with you right now. That, Lord, this can be the greatest Sunday of their life, the greatest resurrection Sunday of their life as we come back to celebrate, because they are free. They're so free. They're, they're broken, all the chains off by the blood of Jesus, and they are free to be your sons and your daughters. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you for it. God bless you, church. I'm so glad you tuned in. And get ready, because I'm telling you, Sunday's going to be a great day.